welcome to my mid-season rants, which I've titled The Sort of Interesting and Possibly Annoying Season Interim Shorts. Well, welcome. Um, building up to season three, where we're hopefully going to be doing some grand interviews. And in fact, season three is going to be cleverly titled Narsol the Lonely Monster, season three, The Chat Show. Yay. <laughs> okay, yeah, so this is me intro to me shorts. Um, these are going to come thick and fast, I think. So whenever I've got an idea, um, I want to just rant into my microphone on my phone voice recorder. Um, no more than 20 minutes usually, depends on how I'm feeling. Um, I'm going to upload it. I'm going to upload it to here. I'm going to be cognizant to press record. And I'm going to record my thoughts direct. So it could go either way. Uh, this one uh, probably kind of did. Um, I just listened to it back and I quite possibly do sound like a madman so anyway um please enjoy uh it does get a little bit political but it's not meant to be outrageous for anybody it's just just my opinion just my observations um and as usual and probably quite wrong um but i just just wanted to explore an idea about um narcissist emotional intelligence okay here we go hope you enjoy Arrested development. Yes, well, just made a bit of a connection. This might be a, this isn't based on a connect, uh, on a question or a, anything else. And if you hear noise in the background, it's because I'm going to start doing these when they come to me. And right now I'm making a, a beautiful uh, uh, cafetiere of coffee. Anyway, uh, where was I? Yes. We've got to, got to, got to, got to try and focus and try and remember as best we can that when someone with narcissism uh, is emotionally challenged that is when they are the narcissist and everything else as an adult the construct around that disorder that around the narcissism itself is there to protect that that delicate fragile bubble um, of the narcissism and the reason it's like that the reason that they have to venomously protect that fragile bubble with the lies, gaslighting, projection, all the goosey, all the all the goosey, all the all the goody goody stuff they throw at you, is because that centre, that thing they're trying to protect, is the emotionality, the emotional dysregulation of a child once their trauma was inflicted on them. So if you're 60-year-old uh, father is a narcissist and he's treated you badly all your life um, uh, every time whether he's 60 or 20 or whatever any narcissist when they when they're emotionally challenged any emotional challenge their reactive points of um, <clears throat> debate their their reactive emotions their reactive decision making is from that gooey center of being a child when when traumatized i said gooey because it's not if they're negatively emotionally challenged and they decide what the challenge is by the way it's not your it's not you challenging them it's them going this is an emotional challenge it could be it could be that they spilled a drink or or they've just been run over you know it, it, any emotional challenge to them and it not not negative either but in, sorry in the negative sense 
that, that, that stimulates them into how they would have been when they were emotional as a child or when the trauma was inflicted. And then if, they're, if their emotions are, are pinged by the good emotions, the gooey emotions, the love, giving them adulation and the things they need and, and want to, to survive in this world, then that also takes them back to the emotional state of a, of a toddler. Because emotions are, whether negative or good, negative or, or positive, they're still emotions and they come from that part of the brain that regulates emotions, whether good or bad. So there's no reason to um, debate that really any further, that we know that a narcissist, when they're narcissistic, is reacting from the point of their initial trauma, be that four years old, five years old, six years old, or whatever, or early, late set trauma as a child, maybe at 13 or 14, say, then there's, the, the, we, we know they're reacting from that point of trauma. There's no reason then to, say, to suggest otherwise that when they're emotionally happy or stimulated in the positive, then they're, they are, they're back there again. They're at that age. So, yeah. So that, that's, that's a, bit of a bit of a divergence, I suppose, to suggest that, and you know, we can't, it's, it's quite, it's quite, um, it's quite handy, isn't it, for a narcissist to, for us to only notice their emotionality when they're, when they're in bad moods, when they're being abusive. And, that, and we only ever notice that in the, in, the, uh, in the negative because that's when it's the most prolific and the most violent or the most in your face and the most lies and the most gaslighting and the most projection. So that stays, that sticks with us. And we think, wow, okay, that could be narcissism. But when they're emotionally charged in the positive as well, that's also narcissism. Uh, it can't differentiate. There can't be two strands. It can't be. In, they can't be. Oh, I'm a normal adult when I'm happy, but when I'm angry, then I'm now. Then I'm a four-year-old. No, it's it's because that that gives a waning excuse as well to a degree for their behaviour. But take my words for this. Maybe even balance it yourselves in your own psyche. Have a think about the moments in life where um, you know this has been ringing in my ears for a long time actually as well. This and I remember from my own experiences that my perceived abuser if you like one of the one of the keyest moments in the relationship that made me think what the hell was when she pulled up outside the house and it'd been snowing all day um uh, it was bad as well the snow so it was a few inches on the ground the roads were almost slowing down to a point of um you know some of them were being closed and she beep 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 on the horn outside she got, just got home from work took her an hour you know an age to get home so I'm like in pyjamas and a jumper, you know, it's seven o'clock at night and it's snowing and it's dark, it's winter. So I look through the curtain, it's, it's her. So I open the front door and she's beckoning me to the car. So I put my boots on uh, and I trudge out in the snow. Put my hood up because it's still actively snowing. I said, round the, win the window winds down. I said, what's up? She said, come on, we're going out. I said, why? She said, we're going to, we're going to see the snow. And I sort of look around me at my feet and you know, the walls and all the plants and trees are covered in snow and the road is, you know, you can see tyre marks and I said, what, well, there's snow in here? She said, no, no, there's better snow in the lanes. So I said, objectively, I said, what, so you want us, you want me to get in the car and then we're going to drive to a lane that hasn't even been cleared because they're barely, they haven't even cleared the main roads of the snow and you want to do that to find better snow. 
She went, yeah, come on. And obviously I said no. Obviously I said, well, no. I, but the, I didn't use that as the excuse. I said, no, I'm in my pyjamas. <laughs> that's bizarre. Rather than no, that's a dumb idea. You know, because it, it just was. There was safety concerns. It just, anyway. But, so I recognise though, now, that in that moment, um, and, and subsequently from the discussions I ended up almost forcing out of her really not in a you know in a in a continuation of trying to figure it out gently over a period of time it's like drawing blood from a stone but finally got there and what I understood from it was that some of her happiest memories from when she was a child involved snow so of course then when she was emotionally challenged in the negative let's say because I said no to going out in the snow I'd accidentally taken her from the giddy emotionality of a child making irrational decisions, which really was an irrational decision given the weather circumstances and, you know, just the demand of jump in the car, we're going. The decision was already made that that was it, we were doing it. There was no consideration towards safety, depth of snow, the roads haven't even been cleared, the lanes therefore would likely be, you know, drifted by now and the snow was that bad. and yeah, so that I took her from, by saying no, took her from that emotional giddy state of juicy goodness, but enacting it from an illogical stance of being, you know, a child, um, to the me saying no objectively, logically, this, these are my reasons, even though I then said about, the, I said all the stuff, you know, we couldn't, it's, it's snowing, it's deep, it's blah, roads haven't been cleared. I stated those objective facts and then said no, based on wearing my pajamas, like some sort of fanny. Um, not very impactful. Um, I put her in, by, so by saying no, I put her into a confusing state because she wouldn't have seen the logic of not going because she was thinking about it from a point of view where where a trauma set in, and then took her into the angry toddler mode because I'd said no and dashed her hopes and dreams of probably rolling the car in a fiery blaze um, throughout through a snowdrift perhaps. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I took her from emotional goodness to emotional badness uh, just by saying no but with objective reasoning behind it and that shows them in the longer term why am I going on about this well that shows in the longer term that maybe people in power who and you can look at them and think well that was an odd decision that didn't make sense that dress didn't make any sense tax the rich whilst that the Met Gala but you know things like that or um, what what comes out of Congress in America lately, depending on which side of the political throw you sit, a lot of what you're seeing, a lot of what you're seeing globally, um, from even from a rich, rich and elites, um, just because they've got money, just because they're in a position of power, doesn't mean they weren't traumatized as a child. And let's not forget a lot of these families are interconnected. A lot of these families come from, you know, what could be described as old money. So if there are any abusive cycles, it's very histrionic. It will be very histrionic throughout the family and rolling into the now unless it's never addressed. And then you look at some of their decision making, you look at some of their ideologies perhaps, um, depending on again which side of political spectrum you sit. But you look at that and you think, if you ever think that's just barking, just think that that's a, that could possibly be a person who's narcissistic, who's very, you know no soul even, who's making decisions from that position of power, therefore getting juicy, goody, nice fuel, 
and therefore being emotionally dysregulated at the, at the thought of all the adulation or the thought of the power and then making quite, quite bad decisions based on that and making the decisions unbeknownst to them from a very deep subconscious level of maybe, you know, a 10 year old. And then when they're challenged and the woke, wokeness perhaps, when woke brigade kicks in and censorship and all sorts of tactics used to silence the masses, to silence the, the people that want to question the reality that they're currently living in. When, when people kick back, you get an equally alarming, perhaps, uh, emotional response just by saying no, like the snow. Um, and you can see that in politics. I don't, with some personalities in, in, in the political realm, be it here or in America, you don't actually have to look that far. And I know maybe, and this might be the shock factor, maybe a lot of you out there will now go, well, it's Donald Trump, isn't it? Well, or is it? Is it? I mean, more dove than hawk. Donald Trump, 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 Donald Trump versus Joe Biden is um, if narcissism was at play, if narcissism was at play in Donald Trump, um, again, open for debate. But if it is, he is an overt, so you know exactly what you're getting, and Biden is a covert. That's where I'm at with that. And everyone in between those two, sort of the AOCs, the Pelosi's, the is are that they're whilst the adults in positions of power making what what they're rationalising as a rational decision based on agenda biased and certain narratives, then actually they're likely making those decisions at any point on an emotional basis. When an, when a decision seems emotional by an individual in power start to worry that's all i'm saying start to worry be concerned unless the unless the emotional decision is something like um i don't like all the death and destruction in the world so during my my presidency i'm not going to start any more unnecessary wars that's a different sort of decision and and it's sold to you actually in america as oh a narcissist wanting to what will have world peace that's narcissistic now is it wanting world peace and if, it's a, if he is, say Donald Trump, if he is an overt narcissist that wants world peace, then he'd get my vote. Because that's obviously, one, it's not a narcissist. And two, if it was, it's like a, a weird kind of good kind. So then you get the other side of it where their decisions aren't broadly advertised, are they? They're not, they're not we're making this decision because of X, Y, and Z. They're just, we're making this decision. And then when pressed and probed and prodded for a reasoning behind the rationale, reasoning behind the three trillion dollars or whatever their, their their pushback is often emotional based and to try and tug at the strings of other people's emotions or it's about the women and children or it's about the it's about the freedom of people to be able to cross the Rio Grande into our country and to overwhelm our health services schools etc it's about freedom of choice it's fine it's fine it's all about the good stuff it's all I promise you there's nothing could possibly go wrong from our brilliant righteous moral based decisions no, it's not that. If you sit back and even look at something like that, that you, like America, for example, you're all in lockdown. You're all, you were rather, all in lockdown. All, all of your freedoms have been eroded. All of our freedoms have pretty much, you know, gone. And, and, and people are, 
people are weirdly now playing into the vaccine thing and the vaccine passport and say, well, our freedoms haven't gone because we can get a vaccine passport. If that's what you think is freedom, then you're blindly led, shall we say. I'm not going to say sheeple, I'm not going to say sheeple because that's really unfair, but if you think, if you think that giving over all your medical data, giving over all your, your location, your geolocation, uh, going cashless and using your card to, which will track you. Neil Oliver said it best the other day on GBN News, or GB News. He said that you can't uh, imagine it, a cashless society, right? Imagine wanting to go to the local pub and drinking 10 pints because you just want to celebrate something. Imagine going in and only being able to pay by card and eventually someone somewhere or an algorithm decides that you've drinking too much for your health thing and limits your purchases of alcohol. Imagine that. that. That's not too far away, is it? Some might argue, well, that's a really good thing. That's a great idea. Yes, because you're coming from an emotional position and you're not letting others make their own choices. So yeah, all of the pretty much freedoms have been eroded in the United States if that's where you are listening to this and pretty much everywhere over the world whilst what's being sold to you is a good idea and a good narrative to let people in from Haiti or from Guatemala you know all the South American or Central American countries whilst you're locked down these people are coming in unchecked with not having Covid tests and whilst you're locked down and not even con- not even because of the lockdown you're not even able to contribute to the growth of your own countries or states because you're you're relying on the state welfare system, perhaps, for handouts, for, um, you know, prosperity checks, whatever they're called, or or furlough pay or whatnot. So you're not even contributing back into society, and yet all these people are coming in and taking from society, taking, the, taking what little is left of the tax dollars, taking... So it's all driving it towards these weird sort of dystopian, cashless, um, non-bordered... Um, fragile way of living I think and I believe actually that the whole causation of that is whilst it looks like reasonable people making reasonable assumptions assertions and having good ideas it isn't I think if they're narcissistic and they likely are given given what we see then they're making those decisions from the basis of emotionality be it good or bad but be it good or bad emotionality it always comes from the point of that their trauma was inflicted on them which sadly you could very well have a united states of america president making decisions as pretty much an eight-year-old wow there you go um so that was me short and more later um no doubt these will be a few weeks so if you'd like to carry on tuning in listening to my inane rants um building up as i say to season three of Narso the Lonely Monster, the chat show, hoping to get some, uh, not some confirmed, but also hoping to get some pretty, pretty clued up and switched on guests um, to uh, highlight and educate and entertain us. Okay, so um, catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.